0: go all right yeah so yeah pastor Schaller is the pastor in in baltimore at uh, the baltimore greater grace church greater grace world outreach Um, but before that he has a long history with finland right so it's very sweet to have him here and have you guys here and my experience is every successful you know uh, church plant always has fins on it So today we had three up here, right? So I think we're going to be all right. (laughs) We had him in China with us when we were there, and we did pretty well. So, um, yeah, Pastor Schaller is going to preach to us and just uh, share with us from his heart. So please welcome Pastor Schaller.
1: Okay, uh, good to be with you today. What a joy. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, I just want to recognize uh, Pastor Dennis and um, uh, Kaylee. Kaylee, Kaylin. Yeah, for, and uh, the folks that, are, that come up and also the ones that live here and minister to share the message in Frederick. Maryland and the area. What a great mission and purpose that we have. It's awesome. Uh, so, we uh, were preaching in Baltimore this morning, and I just came here now this afternoon and uh, uh, just uh, are just thankful for uh, the, what the Holy Spirit does in ministering to our hearts and teaching us who we are. So um, let's turn in the scripture. I think we could uh, start off in 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. <clears throat> so Because of our new life, we've been born of God. So we have a new life now. We have the nature of Christ in us. We are born of God, regenerated, being born of of the Word, being born again of the Word of Life in First Peter chapter one verse twenty three. So I'll mention some verses, and if you want to write them down and study them, Adam is going to do this later this afternoon. Aren't you, Adam? I'd like to know the verses and um, and just prove what I'm saying. That it's from the Bible and that you you can think about it and have it in your heart. Cause this is what changes our lives. Is the word, the word of life, what Jesus says. Because if you leave us to ourselves, we have our own mind, but because of our new birth, we have a renewed mind. We read that in Romans twelve. Our mind is changed mind like I you know I got saved when I was 19 years old I got saved so I look like this after I get saved I look like this okay meaning it didn't change my appearance it didn't change my voice it didn't change my arms or my legs but it changed my heart that's uh, written in Ezekiel 36 that god gave us a new heart a new spirit verse 36 verse 26. and i'm thankful for you folks that come here because you get to listen to pastor dennis and he teaches the word and that that word is what affects my mind it affects my heart and my mind is renewed that's what the 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 promise is that that we would not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Those Greek words are important. Schemas, tizo is like a, a blueprint or a drawing, a drawing like a schematic. But metamorpho is a, a word where you have a real change, not in the schematic like a drawing, but a real change like a caterpillar into a butterfly. Or a sinner into a saint, or you know, an unregenerated person into a new, new person, and that actually has happened to you. You might say, you know, has that really happened to me? And the answer is yes. Uh, let's read it. So, Second Corinthians five, in verse, uh, we'll start from verse fourteen. For the love of Christ constrains us. Okay, we have the word um, constrained, like, uh, you know, you have this word like squeezing, like squeezing a a tube of toothpaste, you know? Like really forcefully affecting, like pressure, the love of Christ, like really affects us, constrains us, chapter 5, verse 14. Because we thus judge, if one died for all, then we're all dead. And we really were dead, dead in our sin. We were alive physically and alive like under the world, but dead to God. Ephesians two, verse one, dead to God. When you were young, did you think about God much? Or maybe even a few years ago? Did you think about God much? I want answers. Did you think about God much? Turn to your neighbor, tell him, make a confession. Did you? Your neighbor is a person sitting next to you. Okay, did you think about God much? How about over here? Andrew? Jonathan? Okay, why didn't we think about God? Because we just, we're dead. We were dead, maybe on a beautiful moonlight, you know, silver, a beach with a palm tree or beautiful moon, a cloud in the sky, or some, a birth of a baby, you have some awesome event and you think about God. But generally, we didn't. We lived without God. We lived without faith, we lived without hope in We didn't know where we would go when we died. We were afraid maybe of death. We were afraid of God. We live like this. But but now, because of our new birth, we are moved, like constrained, that we make a judgment, that if Christ died for us, then we were dead. We were dead to God. But when he died, we died with him. That's in Romans 6, 4. We died with Christ, and when, we, when he was buried, we were buried with Christ. You might say, no, I wasn't even alive when Christ was here. Yes, but in the mind, true, but in the mind of God, Christ died for you. And when he was buried, he was buried for you so that you would not die nor be buried. Of course we'll be buried, but no. In another way, what he went through was for us so that when we die, we will leave our body, fly away, be with God. We will not be here in our body when we die. We'll not be in the cemetery. We'll not be in the funeral home. We will not be in our body. We will not be in the coffin. Where will we be? We will be gone. We will slip away. We will fly away. We will be with God. Psalm, let's see, wait a minute, 90, verse 10, or is it Psalm 92, verse 10. We will fly away. Okay. Love constrains us. You see, because I have a fundamental belief in my heart, and this, I want to share that with you. Or we'll, we'll look at the scripture here, but just, just a second. I have a fundamental belief in my heart that death is, is abnormal. We should not die. I, I fundamentally believe that man was not made to die. Animals die, but man was not made to die. Man was made to live, but we die. But where do you go? What, why, what, what happens when we die? Is death the end, or is death just a transition into the future? Nobody has the answer to that except Christ and the Word of God. The Word of God is saying man is not made to die, he is not made to go to hell, He's not made to be lost, he's made to be found and to be like Christ. Man is made to be like Christ. God did this for us, to give us a new life and and to give us the guarantee of this new life. It's written here, okay, now let's go to chapter 5, 14 and we'll read down through, maybe to the end We thus judge, if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, verse 15, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. This is beautiful, that we would live unto him, How many of you like men, you like to go fishing? Anybody like to fish? I think this guy over here looks like he likes to go fishing. did I get that right? Okay, like to fish. When he goes fishing, he actually, because of the new birth, he's actually in the boat or on the side of the river, that he's doing this before God. God is with him and he's doing this with God He and God, they're joined together through Christ. We are living for God. When I catch a fish, I have this, and it glorifies God in my heart. I say, wow, look at this fish. Wow, thank you, Lord. We live now with God. Before, we lived without God, and we died, and we had, like, a mind that had A mind that was wrapped up with myself, my life, my future, but it was very limited. But the renewed mind has another mind. We have another way of thinking. And it says here, we live not unto ourselves, but we live unto him who died and rose again. Well, This is beautiful. Verse sixteen: Wherefore, henceforth, no, we know we no man after the flesh. Well, that is a great verse that I think needs some explanation. We don't we know no man after the flesh. Now the word flesh has two meanings. One is my the, like flesh as in my body, my body and then I have flesh in terms of my sin nature. Yeah, we don't know each other only in terms of our appearance or our background, but we know people more deeply. We don't know people, like we have some Filipinos here, we have some Finnish people, we have maybe somebody. Russian. We have, we're from different kinds, Spanish maybe. We have people from different ethnic backgrounds or ages, young and old and so on. But there's something else here. There's something else that's in the room. And that we know this, that we know people not according to their flesh, but according to the new birth. You are my sister, you are my brother. Somebody could say, yes, but I've, been, I've spent time in prison. Or somebody say, yes, but I'm from another country. I don't speak this language. Or, yes, but then I. And we would say, yeah, OK, we all have a story. But what's the most important thing here in the room? What is it that God has done for us? Have we been born again? Are we made in the image of God, and one day we will be glorified and in the presence of God, having been forgiven, died with Jesus, buried with Jesus, and raised with Jesus. Have we been raised with Jesus? doesn't look like it, or does it? Have we been raised with Jesus? That's Romans 6, 6. Ephesians 2, 6 says... We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, All of these things are important to learn about and meditate on and think about because this is our new identity. Who are we? All of this is important in our life because this is our fellowship. And I don't know you after the flesh. I mean, I don't know you that way. I was in Jessup. Uh, prison one time some years ago and There were men in there that were had two life sentences on them and they were born again and we had a meeting and I don't know maybe 30 men were in the meeting They were born-again brothers And they had freedom and they were joyful. They were thankful. We ministered the word they listened. I don't, didn't know them. Like It didn't matter to me. And it didn't matter to them. We had fellowship in Christ. We have a new birth. We have a renewed mind. We have a fellowship that's with God. So this is what this is saying. Let's read it. Chapter 5, verse 16. Yea, they, though we have known Christ after the flesh, you're not yet now, henceforth, knowing him no more. I think that what, what it means is they didn't care about the things of Jesus that would be evaluated humanly, like how tall was he, what part of town was he from, who was his mother and father. And these kind of questions. I mean, not his, his earthly father, his heavenly father. He was born of a virgin, as we know. So, But knowing Jesus, what color was his hair, or the size of his shoe size, or something like this. These things are not are not primary. God's he is glorified. And we are also, already, it says in Romans 8 and verse 29, which is another message. But... Look at this, verse 16. Yet now henceforth know we him no more. Now what does this mean, being at Frederick, Maryland? It means that there are a lot of people out here, a lot of people in the city, a lot of people that live in this area that have no spiritual message. They have no message that, re, re, that resonates in our heart about our new identity. They have no message about real change in life, no real hope. How about eternal life? How about a living hope that God is my Father, and I can ask, and he will will answer me, and stir my heart, and lead me in a new way of life? Who has that message? How can that happen? It's the gospel, the gospel of Christ, the real answer for human beings. Buddha is dead. Muhammad is dead. Socrates is dead. Abraham Lincoln is dead. Uh, I'm not feeling too good myself. I am dying. Jesus is alive. Come on. Is he alive? And what does it mean that he's alive? Look at verse uh, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Now, when I was saved a long time ago, that was the one verse the brother gave me. I didn't know the Bible at all. I never didn't know the Bible at all. I didn't know what it meant. If you said chapter and verse, I don't know what it means. It means a chapter in the Bible and a verse in the Bible. Okay, So I had to learn that. I didn't know anything about it. And they said, you are a new creature. And I go, like I look in the mirror, nothing new there. I look in my heart, nothing new there. He said, You are. You're a new creation. I go, why? He said, he said, because you accepted Christ. You're a new creation. It's that simple. Yeah, but what about my my experiences, or how do I know this? He said, it isn't by your experience, it's by what's written. Is that written, that you are a new creation? Well, I don't know. I need to read it and, and read it and think about it. And he said, read it and think about it and accept it and believe it. You are a new creation. And so I did that. I did that. My life changed. And Jesus, it's true. You are a new creation. That that's It's as simple as that. I mean, when Jesus died on the cross, what was our biggest problem? Two big problems, probably many, but two big ones. Number one, my sins. Number two, death. Who has an answer for death? Christ. How can my sins be taken away? Christ. That's it. Done. Finished. Is God for you? Yes. Did he do this for you? Yes. Are you a new creature? Yes, new one. We have the word creation and creature, and this is cre- creature, isn't it? It's the same thing. Let's read it. I'm gonna. I'm not keeping you long. I'm gonna finish up in a minute. I, I'm sure Pastor Dennis, who's a great preacher, he's one of our best. The next one is Nick Plunkett. He's no, he's number one, and he's number two. Okay, okay. Chapter five. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And I'm going to need your help. Old things. You're going to have to turn to your neighbor and and talk to your neighbor. Okay, I'm going to give you a minute. And you might say, my neighbor doesn't go to this church. Your neighbor is the one sitting next to you, okay? Old things are passed away. Make a list of five old things that have passed away they're gone go ahead old things are passed away it says you're a new creature old things are passed away let's not just read over let's work on it old things are passed away behold all things have become new all right go ahead you got one minute Okay, all right, here Here it is, what is the old thing? Now, this is new, what's an old thing? When Jesus died, what did he take away? Death, you might say death is here still, yeah, but it's an old thing. It's still here, but it's an old thing that has passed away. Uh, what do you mean it's passed away? It had, he has overcome death. When he was raised from the dead, he overcame death. So, oh death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? What, what else did he take away? Our guilt, he took away. Our fear. The curse on man. Yeah, but you say, yeah, but wait a minute. This, come on, Pastor. Got to be real. I mean, I got real pain, real trouble, real... Yes, but Jesus came to change this. And in him, it's done. In other words, when we leave our body, we will will be in a world where there is no fear or guilt or condemnation because it's God's world where it is without tears, without sorrow, without guilt, without death. But what about now? Well, we taste it. We're living in a world with our mortal body and in a world that is cursed, but at the same time we taste the reality of what he did and that we actually are new creatures. We actually are a new creation. And, you know, you will sense this in your heart. You will walk by faith. God, some of you may be new in the faith. I don't know. But as you walk in faith and grow in your faith, you will actually taste the reality of what it is that Jesus did for you and rejoice in it. And when, you know, when a church, and this is a beautiful church, but the potential you have as a fellowship is great. Why? Why? Because what he did was great. And if what he did was great is in our fellowship, then the fellowship will be great. Because we'll start talking about it, experiencing it, and knowing it in our hearts. And you have some people thinking about it and living in that. They'll go, wow, you know this is amazing. And they come in here and sing with all their heart, and enjoy it, and talk, and eat, drink coffee, and have times, and just share the message with our relatives and friends. Little by little, I, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying I know exactly how it goes, but I know it goes that way. I, I've seen it happen many times in different places, and I want to encourage you in that. But our goal isn't like our church growth. Our goal is that an individual will discover who Jesus is. And when we find out who Jesus is and what he did for us, it touches you and you live like that. It affects you. Like Jesus is awesome. We love Jesus. Jesus is all that we need. Like in life, you know, we have him okay so let's finish up here it goes uh, verse 17 behold all things have become new i like to think when i became a believer I, i i have said this before maybe i read it or i actually applied it seemed to me life was better the grass was greener the sky was bluer i loved people more than i did before i didn't hate anybody I just love people. Life was simple. It was clean. It was pure. Life was better. I like the football game more. I I love my mom more than ever. I love my friends. I don't know. Life was better. what, What happened? It's Jesus is the savior of the world that isn't for later. Later I will go to heaven. But he's for now in a miserable life. In a life of pain, and misery, and and grumpiness, and negativity, and cursing, and swearing in the shop. I used to live in a, I worked in a factory in Maine, uh, where Pastor Dennis is from, up in there somewhere. And uh, I mean, it was grueling work. And guys were in there hating it, hated the job. It was like out of a Charles Dickens movie. I mean, the factory was falling down, and people. Sometimes it was bad, but but it didn't on the outside. But it was when, when be, be, being a believer means you've got something on the inside, and you carry that with you, and everything everything is like uh, possible with God. Okay, verse. Uh, uh, maybe we'll end with that. Verse 18, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, Pastor Dennis, I'm about done, right? I mean, time-wise, I think. We're, I don't want to go too long, but this I could wrap it up here, okay? I want to show you something about this word, reconcile. It's a certain word. There's a Greek word here, okay? And, uh, and and this is how I could explain it. Here's God, and this is his enemy, me. There's God, and his enemy is me, okay? How can we be reconciled or brought together? So often, people think, okay, you take two parties and bring them together, so they each compromise a little bit. It's like buying a used car. You you have a price, and you have a price, and you kind of meet in the middle, and you compromise, and you make an agreement, and you agree the price is this one. Because he gave in, I gave in. This word is not that word. This word is an amazing word. It's when God had an enemy, and God came all the way, to us, and he reconciled us to himself. He paid the whole price, he did everything to reconcile us to himself and make us friends. I didn't cooperate, he did it all. He died on the cross, he paid the price, and we became friends of God. He reconciled us to himself, he did it all, all by his grace. His work on the cross. it explains it here. Let's just jump down to verse 21. For he has made him to be sin for us. That means he went all the way into our sin, into our miserable life, into our hatreds and our cursings and our unbelief and our fears into the gutter. He came all the way hanging on a cross. To reconcile us to God. And when Jesus did that, He made a pot, He made, He did it so that we as enemies would become friends and servants and sons and daughters of God by His grace. Did you do it? No. Was I praying for it? No. Did I say, okay, God, you do that, then I will pray, I will serve you, I will do my best, I will give it and the Lord goes, no. I, I could never trust you. It would never work. You will always fail me in your third week, your fourth week, your second day. You'll never be there. You can't do it. Only my son can do it. Only Christ can do it. Only Christ in whom I love, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Christ will do it. Christ will become sin so that you may be made the righteousness of God. I, I do it all for you and I reconcile you to myself. This has happened to us. We have been reconciled to God. You are a friend of God. You, are, you have a new identity. You are a child of God. You are born again. Your mind is renewed. You are learning and growing. Walk by faith. God is with you. What a great work of God's grace on, in our lives. Amen. Great. Pastor Dennis.
0: Hey, wasn't that good? Hey, let's uh, stand up. Just change position real quick. I'm not going to preach, <laughs> though I might want to. Isn't that good, though? Uh, how many of you guys think about that kind of message often? Yeah, I mean, we should. I mean, I don't actually know if I think about it enough if we go back to how the service started with Nick talking about repetition, don't we need to repeat these things in our mind over and over and over again? Because what's the number one thing that causes us to live outside of Christ, outside of this message? What's the number one thing? Flesh, okay, anybody else? Unbelief? Unbelief? Unbelief's a good one, yeah. I was reading John chapter 6, verse 63. It says that I... The Spirit of God gives life, right? He gives life. And then verse 64 says, but some did not believe. That's good. Did not believe. Any other, anything else? How about guilt? Is anybody here guilty today? Yeah. Only two of you raised your hand. (laughs) It's because the message was so good, you're not guilty anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, how about shame? Shame. I mean, you, you look in the Bible and you, what do you see? You see Adam and Eve, their guilt and shame. What well, they do? They run away. You see uh, Joseph and, you know, you see, um, you know, Esau. You see, you just read these stories about men and women who they are guilty and they hide from God. And God says, no, no. And how about this? James chapter 2, verse 23, it says, Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. That's what Pastor Schaller is saying. What is the work that I do? I believe that God paid for my sin. I'm a new creation. I just got to start believing it. And the end of that verse, what does this say of Abraham? It says, Abraham was considered a friend. You guys here, we are standing here in many different forms of sanctification, right? Meaning we're in different places with our walk with God. But we're all standing here because of, you know, justification. We're standing here today as friends of God. Was Abraham perfect? I can't hear you. No. No, Okay. Do you say that because you know he wasn't, or you're assuming he wasn't because he's a man? (laughs) He wasn't. You can read your Bible and find that he actually wasn't a perfect man. His walk with God was not perfect. Yet he was justified because he believed in God, and he became his friend. You, know, you guys are friends today with God, and you know it's amazing. So let's pray, and then we'll have the worship team. I'll give the announcements now, and the worship team will come up. Um, the announcements are October 22nd, we're having the church picnic. So that is on a Sunday, so church will not be here. It'll be at the park. Um, it's probably behind me or we'll, okay, we'll have flyers eventually, but it's here in Frederick at a park. I uh, will have it a little bit earlier in the day. We'll have church and then we're going to have like, you know, food and everybody can share some stuff. Um, also Thursday night, there's a Bible study. Uh, Boyette will be speaking this Thursday. Uh, so please come if you can. All right. Oh yes. Thank you. Tuesday nights. At Rich's house, the Mount Airy Bible Study. Yeah, oh yeah, well, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, so anybody who wants to come to that, it's it's pretty, it's a lot of fun. It's relaxed and good fellowship. So, here you guys go.